Day 62. Yesterday and today marked the first in-person national leadership team meetings we've held for a while. It was good to welcome a new member and a couple of guests. This leadership team is a fantastic group of people to work with, and it was a real gift to be able to meet, albeit masked and socially distanced. I like watching individual competitors in athletics and tennis, but overall I prefer team sports. There's something about a team that works well, where the whole becomes more than the sum of the individual parts. One of the challenges of leading a team is working out what contribution each member can make. Years ago, when I was coaching an under-11 representative team, I was trying to help the players think about their development. I asked them each the same question. What's your superpower going to be? The boys had various answers. Dribbling. The best reverse shot ever. I'm going to run fast and far. We would then talk about how they could practice this skill and develop their superpower so we could be a team of superheroes. This was all going quite well until one earnest nine-year-old came up with, I'm a good singer. Part of me wanted to take the small boy aside and say, I'm sorry, you're too stupid to be on this team. Go and join a choir. Instead, I found myself saying, maybe you could use your great voice to lead our team shout at the start of the game which he did, but he also turned out to be pretty good at tackling. I should mention in passing that the above reference illustrates that my preference for team extends to superheroes as well as sports, so I favour the Avengers, the Justice League and the Fantastic Four over the dysfunctional individual, even if some of them do recruit lesser associates as companions or helpers. A sidekick is not the same as a team. It's often said that a star team will beat a team of stars. One of the keys to that is appreciating the qualities of those you play with or serve alongside. There's a famous line in the HBO series Band of Brothers where the real Dick Winters recounts, One day my grandson said to me, Grandpa, were you a hero in the war? And I said to him, No, I'm not a hero, but I've served in a company full of them. I'm privileged to work with a host of heroes, not just in our leadership team, but in our staff team as a whole and across the fellowship, with volunteers, student leaders and supporters. InterVarsity is full of men and women of courage, dedication and exceptional ability. One of the great encouragements of the last couple of years has been seeing younger leaders rise to the challenge of additional responsibility. I believe it's a fundamental error to build mono-generational teams. We function much better when we have perspectives from different generations. The same is also true of gender and race. Diversity increases the quality of leadership through the whole movement. We are not there yet, but we are working to grow collaborative teams where everyone finds their place and grows in faith. Serving in a leadership role is an important part of this, but it is not us who are at the head. Paul, writing to the Ephesians, explains that Christ is the head, and from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. Each of us has a part to play. 
No part is more important than another. It's not better to be a president than a director, more significant to pastor a large church or a small one, more strategic to be running programmes or cooking meals at camp. Leadership is about service, not self-importance, sacrifice, not self-actualization, and it is exercised through love, not power. It's only when each part works as it should that the whole body is healthy and flourishes. Growth happens when we appreciate the connections and value every part. I believe this to be true locally, nationally and globally. There is no person whose contribution is not vital to the growth of the body. We each have a part to play. I've become aware this year of the names of some parts of my body that I was completely unaware of. I had no idea what a lymph node was until I had a few removed. I could not have explained to you where the talus was or the malleolus was situated. Turns out there are bones in your ankle and it's better not to break them. Each and every part is necessary for the healthy functioning of our bodies. Yesterday I was thinking about Joshua taking up the leadership of the people of Israel, succeeding Moses. Moses had led the people out of Egypt in the great exodus and brought them to the land God had promised. He sent twelve spies into the land, but only Joshua and Caleb spoke positively about entering the land. The lack of faith fueled by the other ten led to forty years in the wilderness. Only Caleb and Joshua, of the men of that exodus generation, were still alive when they arrived back at the Jordan. The first thing Joshua does as leader is to send two spies. He has learned from what happened the last time and selects a smaller team. We are not told the names of the spies, but we are introduced to Rahab, a prostitute who gives them shelter, hides them and facilitates their escape. The spies agree an intricate plan with Rahab to save her household and themselves. When the spies make it back to Joshua, it is Rahab's prophetic words which are the substance of their report. It is interesting that we have two unnamed and hence unrecognised spies and a named individual of ill repute. Each of these people has a part to play in the first chapter of Joshua's leadership. John Milton, the 17th century English poet, perhaps best known for Paradise Lost, wrote a piece called On His Blindness. Milton had gone blind prior to penning this, hence the title, and in the poem, light is a metaphor for sight as well as life. When I consider how my light is spent, ere half my days in this world and wide, and that one talent which is death to hide, lodged with me useless, though my soul more bent, to serve therewith my Maker and present my true account, lest he returning chide, doth God exact day labour, light denied. I fondly ask, but patient to prevent, that murmur soon replies, God doth not need either man's work or his own gifts, who best bear his mild yoke, they serve him best. His state is kingly, thousands at his bidding speed, and post o'er land and ocean without rest. They also serve 
who only stand and wait. Milton is saying that the essence of serving his maker is humble service. God is regal and does not need us, but at his words thousands act quickly. The best known line is the oft-quoted final phrase, They also serve who only stand and wait. It is a challenge that we all have a part to play, despite age, ability or limitations. Today I am thankful to be part of a leadership team that also serve who only stand and wait, who seek the Lord's direction and guidance. I am thankful for the reminder at the start, the middle and the end in today's psalm that the Lord provides and protects. God, the one and only, I'll wait as long as he says, everything I need come from him, so why not? He's solid rock under my feet, breathing room for my soul, an impregnable castle. I'm set for life. My help and glory are in God, granite strength and safe harbour God. So trust him absolutely, people. Lay your lives on the line for him. God is a safe place to be. God said this once and for all. How many times have I heard it repeated? Strength comes straight from God. I pray these things would be true of us together. I'm grateful for fellowship and love and for our commitment to get better at resourcing, encouraging and helping each other to function well. I'm also thankful for lunch on a patio, around a few different tables, with red umbrellas under a clear blue sky, where masks could be put aside the faces of heroes revealed, and smiles could be shared.